Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking... But I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to look back at the top five most popular news stories published on Bike Radar in 2023. We will go over what each news story was about and try to assess why you, our beloved audience, loved them so much. Today I'm joined by good friends and esteemed colleagues, Simon Von Bromley and Robin Weaver. Simon, how are you doing today? Hi, Jack. Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Um... My son just had his second birthday at the weekend and he was extremely excited. He spent the whole day being like, it's my birthday, it's my birthday. He's only two years old, so it's kind of the first one he's really realised mm. it's, it's actually his birthday. But then he was devastated the next day when it was no longer his birthday and he was kind of just going, my birthday, more presents. <laughs> but of course the parental pride you felt pales in comparison to the highlight of being one of Bike Radar's top authors this year, and I'm sure we'll have some of your stories in this week's podcast. I'm thrilled to hear it. Rob Weaver. Hi. How are you? Yeah, good. I don't think any of my stories are in this podcast. (laughs) 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 Kind of a relief. Nah, your reviews are in there. You're fine. You know, you definitely tickle the top 20. Yes, award-winning Rob Weaver. Uh, Individual performance of the year in our company. We're all very very proud of Rob. Uh, We're going to get stuck straight in and... I'm going to be honest, this actually surprised me as the top story of the year. It was a first look from Eurobike where we had a very close look at the Lal Bikes Super Drive, which is an innovative drivetrain for mountain bikes that separates the two primary functions of the rear derailleur. Rob, you're the shredder amongst us trying to explain what's going on with this system. <laughs> well, you wrote this, didn't you? Yeah, but... Good work. Ago. Well done, you. Well done, you. Jackson so- X shredder. Yeah, well, I Reformed. think it's still there. It's still there or thereabouts. He told me about a recent trip out where didn't you? Did you? Did you get K 
KOM? Yeah, I, I, oh, I yeah. did pretty well. I did pretty well. Secret, secret, secret shredder. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so, um, yes. So the Superdrive, uh, made by Lull Bikes. So a Canadian guy called Cedric Evely uh, has developed this to separate the two primary functions of a rear derailleur, which is uh, shifting, obviously, and also tensioning the chain. So... He's designed it in order to improve reliability and also efficiency over a regular uh, derailleur. So where, um, obviously we need to explain how it looks. I, I would so, really urge you to go have a look at the news story for this one because this it is, is quite a hard one, right? thing to explain. So you actually do need a bespoke frame for this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it nestles between the seat stay and the chain stay. This is, sorry, the rear derailleur this is. Um, so it isn't hanging below. So it is far better protected than a regular one. There is also a chain tensioner which pivots around the bottom bracket. So that rotates um, clockwise in order to uh, take up the slack in the chain. Uh, And it's also damped. So the chain tensioner is damped, which helps with uh, keeping things nice and quiet while you're riding. So it's designed to work with high pivot suspension designs. um, And Cedric Evely has done a nice little explainer video where he goes through all the benefits of it. Uh, and these include things like reducing drag with a high pivot design. So if you're unfamiliar with a high pivot design, normally when you're in the lowest gear, so the biggest sprockets, there's generally quite a bit of noise and potentially some drag in there. So he says that um, partly down to the size of the pulleys that are being used, which helps improve the efficiency. Uh, also the fact that chain tension across all the gears is fairly constant. So normally it's higher in those lower gears. Uh, all of that equates to a far quieter and more efficient setup with a high pivot suspension design. Um, but as I've already alluded to, you do need a specific frame for this to work, which is why we're currently only seeing it on the Nikolai Nucleon 16. Um, but you think there may be more bikes in the Nikolai range going to feature it? He certainly made noises. Yeah, I think Nikolai as a brand have always been quite good at adopting alternative drive chain technologies. Yeah. Like a lot of their bikes are available with pinion gearboxes, and we will talk a bit about gearboxes in a second. But, you know, if I was going to pick a brand to work with this system, Nikolai probably would have been the one. There was rumour, though, when, you know, no surprise, but Cedric wouldn't be drawn on it. But I think he is working with other brands and hopes okay. to spec it on others. I am. I'm dying to see how the system performs. Are you any plans on getting it in for test, Rob? Yes. So as soon as it's available on um, a bike that fits one of us, then absolutely we will. Yeah. So the big selling point is that it, it is designed to be far more efficient than a gearbox, um, but just as reliable as one. So uh, anyone out there that is a regular destroyer of rear derailleurs, it's probably well worth a look. Now, one thing's you know. We've written a lot of stories over the years on alternative drivetrain technologies, things like the Ceramic Speed Driven, the Shimano Gearbox patent we found years ago. Just generally speaking, alternative drivetrain stuff really strikes a chord with the audience. I think because, you know, it's a universal truth. We all have a drivetrain on our bike and it appeals to everybody. But reading between the lines, and particularly when people talk about gearboxes, I feel like it's indicative of a desire from the public at large to see some like genuine innovation in the drivetrain world. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, I totally agree. I think I'm just in the process of finishing up my review of the uh, the new Shimano Dura Ace group set. And, you know, it's a one of the best Dura Ace group sets ever that's ever existed, possibly even, you know, the best if, if that's, you know, if you like Shimano. But, um, you know, in terms of what it 
offers versus the previous generation or the generation before that. The, the kind of refinements are it's an extra cog, slightly different gear ranges. You know, the refinements are pretty pretty small. We're not seeing anything revolutionary at this point. And I think, yeah, like, I, w- I wonder if, the you know, the, the public feels that derailleur-based drivetrains have kind of come as far as they're going to go. Like, yeah, we can make them you know, wireless or semi-wireless, you can add hydraulic disc brakes and things like that, but we're not really seeing anything really crazy. And and so, yeah, like you say, ceramic speeds driven or kind of internal gearboxes, I think for for things to move on, we're going to have to change. But like Rob says, that that means a complete change in frame design to go with it as well. So it's kind of tricky because uh, it becomes a money problem, doesn't it? You know, Shimano is the biggest. If Shimano changed... Yeah. then they could probably convince frame manufacturers to change because they're you know the biggest bike company in the world so but if they don't it's going to be very tricky so that's kind of you know we've got very excited about ceramic speed driven and it's kind of feels like it, it's kind of stalled a little bit and that may you know maybe stuff going on behind the scenes but you know it was very exciting when it launched but then since then it's kind of tailed off a little bit yeah yeah well all the best to Cedric. We hope he does very well. He's, he was very entertaining to chat to and very passionate about his system. And, you know, as a concept, it clearly has legs. You know, we've seen Nikolai invest in it. And I really, really hope we get to test one in 2023. Now we're going to move on to our second biggest story of the year. And that was a release of the Trek Madone. Simon, straight over to you for this one. So, yes, the new Trek Madone SLR. Uh, many people will know this as the aero bike with a hole in its seat tube. Um, now, yeah, I think this was a very popular story because Trek is a very big brand in road cycling, you know, arguably one of the biggest. Um, but yeah, I think this, this really caught the attention of people because of the kind of hole in the seat tube. Now, uh, the old Trek Madone had a kind of comfort enhancing technology called, uh, Isospeed, which it had taken from its kind of endurance bikes. And it was a kind of seat post decoupler type thing where they allowed basically allowed the seat post to flex independently of the top tube for greater comfort now of course pros or road pros being pros (laughs) no i'm just laughing i know what you're gonna say (laughs) (laughs) they wanted it to be lighter who could have guessed (laughs) (laughs) it was you know even though it was an aero bike they wanted it to be lighter so trek binned iso speed basically because it you know contained extra stuff. parts stuff they didn't you know pros didn't basically they kind of even Trek admitted to us they the pro mechanics they set it to the hardest setting at the start of the year and then they would just leave it and never adjust it so you just they just didn't want that amount of um, comfort from their aero road bikes so they just got rid of it uh, but instead they added a um, hole in the seat tube and the kind of you know obviously I don't really know how it works but they they claim that it's a kind of an aerodynamic benefit because it accelerates the airflow through that part and that reduces the low pressure weight that trails the rider and reduces the drag and and it also add comfort, adds comfort. But I think the reason it's so popular is because it looks pretty crazy. It looks pretty wacky, yeah. Like yeah. compared to most other aero bikes, it has quite a distinctive aesthetic with that sort of like sort of like cantilevered seat cluster. Like it is a pretty weird looking bike. What, what do you think, Weaves? Yeah. Yep, weird. <laughs> yep, weird. Yeah, it do, yeah, I mean, I quite like the look of the older bike, if I'm totally honest. Mm. So, yeah, when I saw this one in the workshop, I was sort of, yeah, maybe, yeah, not drawn to it in, in maybe quite the same way. I think that the Madonna's always been like an aero rider's aero bike, for sure. Like, it's a really, 
purposeful, mm. chunky, proper aero bike. The new bike is distinctive in a different way. That's very generous of me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think obviously a lot of people, you know, fixated on on the whole, and it does kind of look like it's missing a piece. You know, it's like someone's kind of put a jigsaw together and then lost a piece before. Nah. I'll do (laughs) Um, but they had some other interesting things going on you know like at at the front end they've kind of narrowed the handlebars and they've gone to a flared system so you're going to get a narrow hood position and a wider drops position for extra control which obviously I was very pleased with because I've been banging on about narrow handlebars for a long time Um, you know it kind of comes with all of the lighter and faster than ever before claims it's still a you know it's still kind of heavier than old rim brake Madones that you would have seen in the kind of you know 2000s to 2010 kind of era but you know that's kind of par for the course for most road bikes these days it's also pretty pricey well that's definitely a theme of all new bikes yeah. this year yeah Shock horror yeah i think the so the top the top spec version um which is the trek Madone slr 9 etap which comes with uh, lovely Bontrager carbon wheels, obviously carbon everything, SRAM red, ETAP group set, and a power meter costs a cool £13,800. Um, and that's without a cool custom Green Flames Project 1 paint job. Yeah, although you do, Trek does, to be fair to Trek, they do offer you a kind of choice of a few standard paint jobs, which are you know usually pretty nice, so there is that. Will you be doing an aerobikes test as part of Bike of the Year next year? And if so, will this be part of it? We will be doing an aerobikes group test, and I'm. It, well, we would like this to be a part of it. It depends if we can. It can get hold of one. Yeah, obviously, it, it is one of the key models. We have already reviewed it. Our colleague Ash Quinlan has already published his review on BikeRadar.com, which you should go read if you mm-hmm. haven't already. But yes, we're looking for a kind of. Uh, he's reviewed a kind of Halo spec model already. We're looking for something slightly more. I'm going to say mid-range, but people keep picking me up on that because mid-range means eight grand these days. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, we're looking for a slightly. I don't know what the right word is. Slightly cheaper. Slightly cheaper model. Slightly cheaper model to review. Just on the subject of uh, price points, I think in the last week or so, this being the end of December, we've published our uh, a first ride of a the most expensive bike I think we've ever touched on Bike Radar. That was a yeah. 15 grander. 15 grand, absolutely bonkers. We saw a 14 grand hardtail as well last ha- week. Had a motor though, right? Yeah, it does have a motor to be fair. And a battery. And a battery. But a 14 grand hardtail with the uh, new Scott scale, that was that. Yeah, that was definitely a Rubicon moment in, uh, <laughs> in the year of bikes. Anyway, well, yes, Trek Madone, head over to the site. Do check out Ash's review. It's a good read. And if you want to read more, we actually did quite a good um, sponsored piece with Trek where we did an interview with their designer who talked about how they designed the bike. It's a good read and well worth checking out. Now, one thing that kind of surprised me in putting together this list was the number of e-bike stories. And taking third place was the release of the Scarper e-bike conversion kit. Um, this is a bolt-on electric bike conversion kit which attaches to the non-drive side chainstay. Now, unlike any other motor system in the market, this uses a specially designed disc brake rotor, disc brake rotor to drive the bike. Um, it, you do have to do a bit of initial setup, but kind of once fitted, the system really does genuinely clip on and off in a couple of seconds. It's been endorsed and backed by Chris Hoy, and it's currently in development, but I think the brand are planning on bringing their kind of first examples to market in 2023. Um it's a very, very different take on electric bike conversion kits. I think it looks pretty neat. What do you think, Weaves? It is slick. I would say it is slick. I think it's um, 
in comparison to some of the other ones where you see uh, different bits and pieces hanging off the handlebars, mm -hmm. etc. You know, all around the frame. In comparison, this is yeah way tidier, and I think potentially has more appeal to especially the purist cyclists out there that are maybe you know worried about ruining the aesthetic of their lovely bike but still are looking for a bit more uh, extra help on the commute maybe um this feels like a relatively easy win mm. i think um i spoke to warren um after he went to visit those guys and had a good long chat with him about it he was you know super excited about everything that they were doing and it, it feels like there's a lot of promise here yeah, I mean, it was really reflected in the sort of public reaction. You know, I should stress again, these are the stories that you, our beloved audience, enjoyed. And like, there was a lot of discourse around this. I'm sure having fellow countryman Chris Hoy on the homepage helped a little bit with click <laughs> clicking on there. Uh, but no, like... So are you from Scotland? Yeah, I've never mentioned yeah, yeah, yeah. it before. Oh, right. right. <laughs> but the, or like, as a system, people really liked it or certainly had thoughts on it. I... I of my kind of personal highlight, I thought running on the rotor is a really, really clever solution because all, for the most part, other systems require you to change significant parts of your bike. So usually either the crank set, if it's a bolt-on mid-drive one, or one of the wheels, or perhaps just lacing in a new hub. Now, that's quite a big barrier to entry and also quite complex, I dare say, for most people to... Uh, get their head around if they aren't, you know, if they aren't techie bike people. Whereas this is just the rotor. Um, I think they've tested it on, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but a good good number of bikes and it is compatible with um, the majority of mm. them. You know, it's, it's quite a flexible system. I really think it has legs and I'm looking forward to testing more electric bike conversion kits this uh, coming year. It's a kind of category that's seen definite growth in terms of interest, but also like really nice new neat solutions. And we shouldn't overlook the likes of Switch who have had crazy success in terms of the funding they've received this year, a number of orders. It's been, again, a really popular story on site this year. So I think we've said it many times, e-bikes are the future, but converting your current bike to an e-bike could also be part of that. And it obviously even more appealing if you don't, like you said, need to change firstly a lot of parts but also have a, a good mechanical understanding on how to change those parts if you're swapping out crank sets and stuff like that it sort of suggests you need specialist tooling and you need uh, a decent amount of know-how so something like this potentially eradicates that which as you said is just going to open up that appeal even further life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Leading into your dad life, uh, Simon, <laughs> will you be um, investing in an e-bike in 2023? Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, obviously coming from a kind of sporty background in road cycling, I, I'm kind of, you know... From a peak athletic background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, kind of the... E- I, I really like e-bikes. I think they're really, really fun. But I kind of like haven't made the switch to one yet just because because they kind of they seem a bit like big and weighty and and I you know like I on my kind of commuter bike now which I you know ferry my son around on the kind of it's got a quick release uh child seat on it and I like the ability to be able to kind of take that off and you know ride to work on a kind of slightly lighter bike so but you know I'm getting on (laughs) whopping old age of 34 (laughs) yeah so yeah you never know and it's obviously very hilly in 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 places around Bristol so it's like kind of one of those things I feel feel like if I had an e-bike I'd probably love it and then be a forever a convert so yeah who knows well we will watch closely uh now we're going to go back onto era road bikes and we have the giant propel Simon you spent a lot of time in the giant propel I'm not going to intro this one I'll ask you to do that so the new Giant Propel is uh, Giant's latest uh, aero road bike. It was released in August of this year, just after the tour, the Tour de France, where they sort of teased it a little bit. And it was, I think, I think it was super popular because it kind of it managed to hit both of those, you know, aero highs. And the lightweight highs, so it's kind of the, even the, the the test bike that we had, which was not a kind of you know Tour de France spec with tu- lightweight tubular wheels or or something silly like that, came in at six point nine kilos for a kind of fifty six centimeter equivalent. So that's super impressive because you know your, your Trek Madones, your Cervelo S fives, those kind of chunky mm-hmm. beefy boy aero road bikes beefy boy aero road bikes <laughs> that's great those, those tend to come yeah. in around you know seven and a half kilos to kind of eight kilos and you know i'm i'm always going on about this and, and i don't think weight matters as much as many people think it does but people really really care about it so when a kind of aero road bike launches that can nearly hit that you know uci weight limit and we, we have seen a few you know canyon aero cfr is also very light you know specialized tarmac sl7 if we would dare to call it a, a kind of aero bike of sorts aero-ish aero-ish can also hit similar heights so yeah it, it, it was a very a very impressive bike and i did the review of that again it has already been published on bikeradar.com if you would like to go read it it's kind of everything you might want from a race bike it's fast like i said it's light it has you know, fantastic components it did these kind of kdex carbon wheels with carbon spokes and ceramic hub be- uh, ceramic bearing hubs everything on it was fantastic now of course we did test the um top spec the top spec model and you know <laughs> therefore it's expensive just like the the trek madone but it isn't as expensive as you know Cervelos or, or treks or it's just, so, it, you know, it, it's not terrible value relative to the rest of the market. But I think the thing that I really liked was the kind of thoughtful take on integration at the front end. They haven't gone kind of 
full integrated bar with completely hidden cables. The, the kind of cables route through the handlebar and then they kind of go in a slot underneath the stem and into the headset. So you, you know, theoretically, you could swap a stem size without actually having to decable the bike, which is very, very nice. All things considered, it, it was a better looking bike than the previous one as well, which mm. I think I think a lot of people found the kind of... I was about to interject and say the old one was absolutely honking. Yeah. <laughs> honking looking bike. It, it, it's kind of, it kind of has a... The old, the old looking bike has a slightly awkward front end arrangement where the cables kind of fed out of the bar, went over the top of the stem underneath a cover and then went kind of dived very sharply behind the stem into the into the frame set behind a kind of flexible cover thing. Now, I, I will kind of say in that bike's defense that that meant that you could remove the stem and service the headset bearings without having to disconnect any cables. Which yeah. is a pretty big job, you know. To, I don't know, but, up, with, but with a stack of spacers, that bike looked like a pelican. Like it, it really, it was, <laughs> it was not a looker. Sorry, no, John. sorry. Yeah, it, it did, and it also made you look like you were running an enormously long stem, no matter because it yeah. kind of added a little two or three centimeters behind everything. So if you were running a you know a one twenty mil stem, it made mm. you look like you were running something around sixteen centimeters long. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think most people agreed that the the new one, the new Propel, had kind of you know better looks. It was lighter. Giant says it's faster. It, it kind of yeah didn't do anything kind of too silly, which is quite nice. You know, as you know, not to say that the Trek is silly, but it didn't have a, the Propel doesn't have a hole in its seat tube. It yeah. doesn't have a kind of you know proprietary V stem handlebar, uh, V stem stem and you know handlebar. So it, it, it's kind of like a bike that. Yes, it's built for the kind of world tour, but you it's the kind of bike that you could think, oh, I, can't, I, I could kind of live with that. It's not too in, insane that it would only be good on, you know, certain courses on certain days, but the kind of bike that you could ride most places and it would it would be very fast. And you could maintain it, right? Without yeah, having, yeah. Without having to, you know, put aside two days in order to... Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Just to save face after making fun of the old bike, I will say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. oh, he's digging. <laughs> Giant's not the only brand out there, but I think Giant has hit really strong stride the last couple of years there. Um, Revolt Advanced Carbon won our bike of the year overall. I rode that bike actually very briefly on a video shoot and also really, really rated it. And I know other people in the industry have done so too. You know, they do make really solid, high performing bikes and also in a world where prices are going pretty bananas, in the mid-range, Giant always presents very, very good value for money. And the same is pretty true of the mountain bike side as well, where they've had a lot of releases this year. Well, yeah, they, I mean, they literally replaced every single bike named Trance <clears throat> in their lineup. I mean, it became very confusing for us, I think. But <laughs> um, yeah, they even spec on their mid-priced bike, uh, the Fox Live Valve. So they, they don't actually put it on their top spec bike. It's now on their middle spec bike on the... Hold on, I need to try and think of this. Which one is it? Trance. Just the Trance? I think it might just be the Trance. Yeah. There are a lot of Trances the out there. X. I think it's just the Trance 29. Maybe Advanced. Yes. <laughs> it's very confusing. Anyway, that does have... Um, yeah, Live Valve, which is really cool. You know, something quite interesting, a bit different to a lot of uh, what everyone else is doing. Uh, and they make solid dependable bikes i'd say maybe on the mountain bike side they've possibly lost a bit of that lustworthiness that they mm. they maybe had uh especially you know tail end of the 90s when you guys probably weren't even born i was reading mbuk in my uh <laughs> my <P> <laughs> primary school uniform then <laughs> but but you know back then 
they were they had one of the biggest factory racing teams on the mountain bike side and the bikes they were building were incredible and everyone wanted one um they still make incredible bikes i just think some of that draw worthiness is maybe uh dipped a little yeah i i would kind of agree i think you know when, when we reviewed the uh the latest tcr um in 2020 one mm-hmm. you know it was kind of interesting to reflect on how that had once been the real vanguard of road bike design you know the, when the tcr launched it basically killed the horizontal top tube mm-hmm. and it was the most progressive thing that the kind of road bike world had ever seen but then because it kind of you know they didn't they haven't really updated it much beyond kind of updating their construction methods every year and slightly tweaking the tube shapes here and there you know, now it's more of a, a classic style road bike, you know, it's kind of got non-integrated cables, you know, sort of kind of fairly lightweight slash aero design, but it doesn't, it doesn't push the boundaries. And I think, you know, the new Propel, you know, maybe you could say the same thing. It doesn't kind of push the boundaries of aero road bike design. So it's not, you know, if you're a kind of, if you want the, you know, the, the absolute fastest testing aero road bike in the wind tunnel, this, this probably isn't it. But I do think there's also a bit of a reaction in the road bike world, especially kind of against that kind of, you know, progress for progress sake and just doing things because they're you know, marginally faster in a wind tunnel. And, and just, you know, so I think it will be very popular, this bike, just for its kind of simplicity, even if it, as you say, is perhaps not as lustworthy as some of the other more exciting bikes out there. Just before we go into our final point, I have to ask you, Simon, because it's one of your favourite things to talk about in the team, <laughs> your uh, TCR review. Without question, if you include the comments, the longest thing <laughs> they've ever published on Bike Radar. Oh, how many words was that? Oh, it's, it was it's absolutely like 9,000 words. Was it? It's, it's like a university decision. It's very. It's a long-term test. But, it's very entertaining. But Al knows that, right? And he's Don't tell Alex oh, Evans. Right. He'll, try, yeah, he'll, he'll try and beat you. Yeah, <laughs> He'll outdo you with it. He'll complain that his 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 reviews are always getting cut from <laughs> ten to five thousand. <laughs> but your review, excellent read, did tickle the top. I think twenty odd reviews for the year, possibly even higher. I can't remember off the top of my head. So well even done for you. this year again. Pretty oh, sure because this pretty was sure. published last year, not not this year. And you're a popular boy. Wow. I think it's just a very popular bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll round up and we go to the final uh, top news story for this year, and that was. Just a, a brief news overview of Cooper Bikes' new range of e-bikes, and that is Cooper of Mini Cooper fame. Um, back at uh, the cycle show in July, I think it was, um, the brand released a range of steel commuting bikes which claimed to have unlimited range due to the use of a kinetic energy recovery system, which basically is an e-bike motor built into the rear wheel of the bike which charges when freewheeling. Like, that's pretty much it. You know, the bikes themselves, like, they do look really nice, very, very classy. Very the, simple. Very simple. The motor system's really interesting and worth reading about. But I think this one's interesting coming into the top five because it just shows the sort of value and interest uh, the audience place on essentially mainstream brands entering the cycling world. We've seen this quite often with things like uh, Adidas when they came in with uh, clipless versions of the Samba. Went absolutely bananas on site. People love it. And seeing, we'll call them outsiders from the cycling world, coming in really, really strikes a chord with the audience. So to put you on the spot, because I didn't brief you this question before the podcast weaves. Oh, what brand would you like to see enter the cycling world <laughs> well, in 2023? 
Obviously, uh, I've already seen my favorite brand, Zara, release uh, Mountain <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, you know, hugely relieved about that. You're so, such a fashionable person. Well, this so is it. Yeah, the... exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so that's a big relief on my part. Um, <laughs> You've been pushing them for years. That's the... <laughs> well, this is it. I go down there every lunchtime. Looking for cycling. You should keep just asking the guys. Uh, and, when are and, you going to get into mountain biking well, wear? Since I've been escorted off the premises <laughs> and, and now fully banned, I mean, I, I just took to the emails and it's finally paid off. So, yeah, thank, thank goodness for that. For context, Zara just released a mountain bike kit. We wrote about it on Bike Radar last week. You should read it. It'll be interesting to see this time next year if that's one of the stories we end up having to uh, mm. talk about, maybe. Who knows? I did think that range looked pretty cool. It did look really fair. cool. It looked I, it like, look, it's, yeah, it's pretty decent, right? Yeah. Jokes aside, I thought it it, look, it looks very stylish. And I'm not a mountain biker, and but I have the opinion that mountain bikers are typically not very stylish. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> spicy. Well, no, I, they've, they've named, the in, the names are quite interesting, like the MTB Workout Trousers. Mm, I okay. did like that. Trousers. I, th- I think like, <laughs> we, we have seen a lot of brands outside of cycling come in. I think that post-pandemic sort of buzz is definitely dying down a little bit, but there are still brands coming in and, and Mini Cooper is is one of them and I would not be surprised in the slightest to see more. But answer your question, who do you want to see? God, well, Porsche are already back, aren't they? Yeah. They were around in the in the 90s as well. Mm-hmm. Their bikes were terrible back then. Oh, really? Yeah, genuinely awful. Oh. Um, they did their own suspension. Always a bad idea well, when you're a new good. brand. Who do I want to see? Uh it's got to be some, you know, another big sort of automotive company mm-hmm. kicking off. Uh, you, could, you can leave it at that if you want. What would you like to see from them? A big German brand. It'd be good to see, you know, the likes of Mercedes or Volkswagen putting the might behind, you know, that they have behind bike design, employing the right people, listening to the designers and doing something really genuinely meaningful that I guess the riders want first and foremost, not mm-hmm. just something that they think they can sell a load of but something that's either going to benefit. So whether that's something down the mobility, commuting route, potentially, you know, cars aren't something of the past, but obviously the way in which we use them is changing. So seeing some of those brands step in and hopefully try to change, you know, the amount of emissions that they're responsible for, things like that, I think would be really a really beneficial thing for everyone. And if it means it gets more people on bikes then that's great I agree Simon same question I'd like to see um, I hope this will make you laugh because I think in my head I've thought of this and I think this is a really good gag pressure's on I would like to see uh, Yankee Candle release a, a range of scented chain waxes <laughs> <laughs> he's kicked the headphones I just kicked the headphones oh, oh my lord oh, so, oh, Simon's Simon. like yes it's one of Simon's absolute um Pet projects as waxing chains. So yes, I do want to see that too. That's very, very good. Do you know the Yankee Candles have a big import facility in Bristol? Did, no, 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 I didn't. no, no. Good fact too. That's where we're based. That's why it smells so nice around Avonmouth. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Well, nah, I'm kind of half making the nice smelling. Bit, no, but, but it's true about the import. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think we're going to see more mainstream brands enter cycling. Well, what about you, Jack? Oh yeah, well, yeah. Iron I, Brew. Oh, is oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like about the brand, but I think if a brand was going to hit a chord and convince the people who need convinced to adopt bikes as an alternative mode of transport, I think someone like Tesla. They're so uncool as a brand, but they've really made 
people think electric cars are a viable alternative. You know, now electric cars are not without fault at all. You know, they are cars still at the end of the day. But I think seeing the likes of Tesla come in and make a stylish, well-integrated, whatever, you know, e-bike that's well-supported and they make a big song and dance about it, People love it. Cyberbike. Cyberbike, yeah, exactly. Elon Musk delivers it. Well, Jack's Hand such an Elon Musk stand, isn't he? So Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I I think we're going to see even more of that in 2023. And I bet you, I bet you all a coffee that in 2023, in our top 10, we'll see a story like this. I hope so. Right. I think that's it. You know, there's we've published bazillions of things on Bike Radar. I wouldn't even want to put a number on it. This is, after all, just the top five, but it's the top five things you, the audience, voted for through your clicks. <laughs> but that is only a reflection of part of our audience. What did you think was the biggest news story in cycling in 2022? Send an email through to podcast at bikeradar.com. And also, if you have any feedback, send that there too. We always love hearing it. We want to do even more podcasts next year. And it's very, very helpful. Simon, Rob. Happy New Year. Thanks Thanks for all your work on the Bike Creator podcast this year and speak to you all very soon. Thanks for listening to the Bike Creator podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 